Welcome to the Random Wellness Podcast with your host, Nicole Van Quaito, nutritionist, owner, Simply Nick, and taco enthusiast. Join me each week for all things random wellness, including intuitive nutrition, entrepreneurship, holistic living, good vibes, and a dash of woo-woo. I hope this podcast gives you a good laugh, teaches you something new, and helps you up-level your health. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Random Wellness Podcast with myself, Nicole Van Quatham. Today, we have part two of Avery and I's conversation. So if you tuned in last week, um, it was pretty much me recording a tangent that we were going on before we were actually going to record. Um, There was actually so much more to the conversation. Um, And then I was like, I feel like I should just hit record um, and just see where this goes. And it ended up being like a 30-minute discussion about things like um, buzzwords in the health and wellness space, coaching, Um, pricing your services, things like that. So maybe not relevant to everyone, but I just thought it was a good conversation and something that I wanted to share. Um, And then today is more of the mindful movement piece, which we're originally planning on talking about. And I actually messaged Avery the one day because um, from a nutritionist perspective and like my personal health journey, I had to really step back and um, do a lot less intense um, workouts, which is something I actually really enjoyed doing and I always identified with, which we talk about a lot, and how important that was for me to heal my body, even though it was really hard for me to kind to accept that that was what I needed to do. Um, and when I messaged her, she was not going through like that per se, but just um, had a lot of ideas around how important it is to like ask your body what it actually needs in terms of movement. Maybe it is high intensity one day, maybe it's like taking a three day break. So we just really wanted to talk about that and the conversation that we had, well, you know why? So it's more of a conversation and not really an interview style. Um, so we were both pretty open about what we experience, um, in our own lives clients, things like that, which I always love having these conversations. I think it's a really good way to just kind of open up and get, you know, our personal perspectives and really open up about our journeys. Um, So I hope you guys enjoy that and appreciate that kind of style of interview. But yeah, we talk a lot about labels and like the things that we hear as children and how that takes us into adulthood. So for me, it was, you know, being told I was really athletic as a kid and like, then having this mentality that I always had to perform at like the complete like extreme in terms of even just going to the gym for my own health and wellness, um, which ended up not being healthy for me. Um, not It wasn't really ever about like weight loss for me. It was more about like just being like, this is sad, but like the best at like what I was doing, even if I didn't have anyone to compete against. Um, and then Avery also shared her experience because she works with a lot of clients who have these labels, whether it was because they were told they were athletic or maybe they were told that they actually weren't good at sports or just didn't have like the privilege to participate in sports. And, you know, how movement's kind of this gateway into like such a bigger conversation. Like it opens us up to like how we actually think about ourselves, um, past traumas from our childhood. So, I mean, I'm not the expert in this, Avery is, um, but I do share a lot of my personal experiences, which I am sure a lot of people can resonate with, which is why I open up about them, um, as does Avery. So I really hope you enjoy today's conversation. Um, You know, Avery and I always just have such great chats together so we honestly forget that we're recording a podcast most of the time and then end up talking for like two hours which is why this is a two-part episode so yeah I hope you guys enjoy and we'll see you next week you know what that actually is making me think of too is like well we originally were going to talk about things like exercise movement exercise intolerance and I feel like this is a good segue because that's something that you and I feel like are on the same page with and I'm sure a lot of people following you assume that you're like working out like hardcore every day or like a lot of times if they're not following you closely like really know who you are as a person whereas like people maybe see me and think I'm like maybe exercising all the time or like eating perfectly all the time when that's not the case so like what has that been like for you in terms of like honoring your body and like not always like doing like those intense workouts and like lifting weights all the Mm -hmm. time and like even like the even the mental struggle of like feeling okay with not doing those things yeah Mm. it's like an ongoing process 
Mm-hmm. It definitely used to like be the cause of a lot of suffering. Right. Um, but even I, I feel like what comes up the most for me now is being able to discern on days when I am not wanting to go to the gym, when I do have a more intense workout plan, mm-hmm. being able to discern whether that's me like actually being lazy and I just need like a kick in the butt and to get myself there and to push and to like dig into that resistance mm-hmm. versus am I actually fatigued and do I need to honor that? Yes. And that requires, that's where my like meditation and the stillness and the journaling comes in because that's, those are my practices to check in. Mm -hmm. So every morning is like, I start my day by getting into my body, get into the body, get into the body, get into the body. That's like what I like literally tell myself every single day. That like mantra kind of came to me a few days ago and I was like, wow, this feels really, really good. Into the body, into the body, into the body, into the body, into the body. And then that like through all my practice, through the journaling, through like I have a little stretch flow and like some jiggles that I do every morning. It's like loosen up right away into the body, into the body, into the body. Check in, get out of any narratives that are like pop into my head immediately. Usually the first thing that happens when my alarm goes off is like I try to rack my brain to remember every single thing I have to do today and every like specific time that I need to be wherever I need to be. And then I'm like, wait, I don't need, I don't need to be knowing that right now I'm literally like my eyes are just waking up like we don't need to like jump into high gear it's like okay into the body into the body into the body drop down into this massive universe down here my physical container through the journaling through the stillness cold shower like that helps me get into my body and check in right and then become super aware and then I feel like I get to a space where I have the clarity to be able to discern like okay what is my body craving today in terms of movement yes yeah I, does that make sense I feel like that was a little bit of a ramble but like Ooh, I, it's also such a it's such a complex and layered topic yes that it's like I mean like I'm just constantly peeling back layers and like different different challenges come up every single day in slightly different ways and from slightly different angles like our relationship to movement the same way our relationship to food and a relationship to anything is so complex and it really is just a reflection of our like relationship to ourselves yeah so I feel like starting there is the best place to start but also like your relationship to movement from my experience is a door that when you open it leads to the rest of you and the rest of yourself and that's what I see with my clients is like by tackling their relationship to movement really that's like uh, uh we're indirectly doing the work on the rest of themselves because the work that we do to reshape someone's relationship to movement is the same work we do to reshape your relationship to anything to right. anyone and to yourself so it's like by focusing on that we're just choosing movement is like a more accessible topic right yeah. than if i were to just come out and be like let's heal let's heal your inner child like <laughs> that's that doesn't feel like an accessible totally topic, an accessible way to like approach it for a lot of people yeah. a lot of people don't even know what the fuck that is and the people that I'm trying to help are the people who don't know what it is yes. so by like by approaching it through movement it's like hey do you feel insecure at the gym people are like yes and then I'm like okay here's why opens the door to like fucking the infinite universe of healing and like the same thing you can do with like food is like right At- attacking it through like your relationship to food or like your relationship to your body like do you feel like unmotivated to maintain a, a diet that feels supportive to you and to, like eat foods that feel supportive to you? Most people will go, yeah, I feel unmotivated. And it's like, psych, you're not unmotivated. You just like down into the roots of like our relationship with self. We go. like yeah. yeah. I feel like with me personally, it's like, it's interesting because I messaged you about this topic, like, I don't know, like over a week ago, probably now. And for me, it's like, I've always been into like high intensity, like not workouts, like just like, I was always like very fast, like I was a fast runner, fast skater, like that was what I was known for. Um, And I actually really enjoy doing like things that are quick and fast. And that's fine to a certain extent. And it's like, I would get injuries. And then like, I wouldn't be able to work out or like exercise for a while. But like, I always knew I'd get back to it. So like, mentally, I could pretty much wrap my head around it or like find ways to like get around it like if it was like my knee or my ankle from like running I could like still do like push-ups or like I don't know whatever right right um so I was like 
fine with that, but it's interesting because over the last couple of years, I've had to like literally like get hit in the face to like stop working out. And it was like so hard for me. And I like realized how much of like my identity was tied to like athleticism, like not even like being fit. Like that wasn't it for me. Like it was never about being like skinny or like it was about being like strong. And like, I think also like growing up in a very masculine household, like keeping up with my brother. The athlete. Yeah. Like being like yeah. known as like the usually one of the most athletic people, like as a kid, like that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it's so hard because I mm-hmm. had to go from like that mentality to like really going for walks. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like I have to go for walks now, but it's because my hormones were just like so out of whack. Like my cortisol, like flat line. It was like I just stopped making it because my body was just like, well, she's not listening, she's not slowing down. So we're just gonna stop and we're just gonna like, you know, so like workouts. I'd still do them. I'd still do like high intensity workouts would make me tired. The days I would work out, I'd be so freaking tired in the afternoon. But I was like, just like deny it. I'd be like, oh, it's because my digestion isn't optimal or, oh, I didn't drink enough water today. Or it's my thyroid because I had thyroid issues. So I was blaming it on like all of these other things when it was such a clear correlation that like it was the days I worked out. I was so tired, right? But like that was like who I was. I was the one that like, you know, and like same with like my mentality, you probably know with like work ethic, like I've always been like the hard worker get shit done. Um, mm. Also helpful with like, the cortisol situation. <laughs> um, <so laughs> that, like, that was actually not easy for me to like, like wrap my head around. I'm still not great at it. Brendan's a good mirror for me. And it's like, do you really need to do that? I'm like, <laughs> probably not. Um, so I'm better at slowing down yeah. work, but it's like that exercise thing. So I just found it so hard. And I feel like probably so many people can relate to this, which is why mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about this, like in general, mm-hmm. that like your body from like a nutritionist standpoint is going to be so much better off if you actually slow down and stop doing those workouts for, it doesn't mean forever just to give yourself time to freaking heal. And like, here I am, like, I had this fear that I was like, going to be so weak and like, not be able to like, lift my grocery. No, like, literally, I don't think anything changed. (laughs) My body composition. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'm not as like toned or like, I don't know, like, maybe I probably would be able to do as many push-ups, which like, who freaking cares? Like, literally. But no, my life really, I have a lot more energy. That's nice. Mm. outside a lot more because I'm going for long walks instead of doing a quick hit workout and then rushing back to my computer so that's mm. fun. but like yeah I feel like so many people from like a nutritionist standpoint also just like mm-hmm. don't honor their body's needs in terms of like what's going on with their digestion and like their hormones because they see working out as healthy mm-hmm. to support their health so when you're told that you shouldn't work out it's mm-hmm. like and your identity's tied to that, you're like, the fuck am I supposed to do then? Yeah, like, yes, that's it. The identity being tied to movement in various ways. And this is why I focus on the relationship to movement. Because most people that seek out personal trainers, you don't, very few people, what, from what I have found, have come to me because they want to learn to squat. Like, they yeah. come to me because they think they need a personal trainer to hold them accountable. Accountability is so important and is so powerful. Mm. But, slash and, what a lot of my clients actually need that they don't know they need is just a complete rewrite of their relationship to movement. Yes. And their identity. Yeah, because yeah, you're so right. We, we tie our, attach our identity to anything and everything, but using yeah. movement as an example. And then all of a sudden, when your nutritionist is telling you to slow down or your personal trainer is telling you to slow down or anyone, your body is telling you to slow down, you're like, I genuinely feel like I can't because, and whether you know it or not, you're terrified of what is on the other side mm-hmm. of no attachment. Yes. Shattering ego. That is like telling you that you are this, this, and this. Yeah. And I am the person who goes to the gym every morning and does a hit workout. That's who I am. And it's so terrifying to dive into like the infinite world of 
not attaching yourself to anything. Literally. That's very, it's a very uncomfortable shift to make. Yeah. And it's what most people don't, don't even know that they need. Oh, right. Sure. So like they'll reach, they'll reach out to a personal trainer saying like, I, I just like, there's something wrong with me. I can't stick to my seven day intense schedule. And it's like, no, that's not what's wrong. What's wrong is that you're identifying yourself as the person who does that. And you've trapped yourself in this like box or this maze that like you can't get out of. Yeah. Cause that's all you can see. That's all you're allowing yourself to see. And then what I hope to do is like break through their little like box, the shield around their head to show them like a world of other possibilities this world where movement is actually this just like a really cool way to get into the body into the body into the body to energize yourself so that you can then go do other things too and it's actually like a complete oh and it's like no sorry I was just like thinking too because I was originally going when I asked you when I reached out for this question on Friday I went to my chiropractor and (laughs) I'm like a nine-year-old lady for anyone that like doesn't know me like I'm just like very stiff from like injuries from the past and things like that (laughs) (laughs) i just like part of it like i've come to accept like let's like not try to be like some flexible hero like manage it feel better but like don't expect Mm -hmm. like all these great things that you're going to be like doing headstands and stuff but um i like neglected going back to him for like a really long time and he's like a younger guy he's like really funny so like we can like make fun of each other and it's like good in that way but he's like, so how have you been, like, workouts been going? Because he knows that I'm, like, you know, not very good at, like, doing hit workouts anymore. Like, I have wrist and elbow problems, so I can't do, like, burpees like I used to, which was, like, a whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, burpees are hard. I'm really good at burpees. Now I can't do them. What does that mean? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, like, really stiff. Like, everything is so stiff. And he's like, well, like, you still have to move. <laughs> he's like, I went like the extreme opposite where I was like I'm not gonna do like any upper body like stuff because that's gonna cause injuries and blah 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 and he's like no like definitely like make sure you don't hurt yourself but like you still like have to like move those like parts of your body right like breaking fun of me and I was like true 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 I was like thanks for the reminder yeah <laughs> but it's just so right. and that's like yeah that's such good evidence of like the all or nothing system around movement that has been constructed that everyone is living into of like if I'm not going to the gym seven days a week and killing myself every single day then I'm not going to do anything and I'm going to declare this week a week off and I'll start again on Monday and then we're all just riding this roller coaster of like I'm amazing look at me like going to the gym every single day and then you crash it's not sustainable yeah and the only way out of that through your relationship to movement and therefore to yourself mm-hmm. like it's not it's it's from what I experienced of like trying to force myself out of that roller coaster mm-hmm. and just like building myself I would like write myself a workout schedule that was more sustainable like let's do some yoga here a hit here two or three days off because I feel like that's probably what my body is needing after years of me beating it up but I still wouldn't be able to stick to that and it's because I hadn't done the inner healing that truly is like not related to movement right like the reason why we feel the need to attach to that identity is not actually related to movement at all it's related to a lot of other trauma and like that's where the inner child healing comes up and that's where a lot of other forms of healing come up and then it's like okay now your experience of movement and of food and of play and of work and of productivity is all going to be different because we've done that work and that work leads into everything and we access it through your relationship to movement and I think that's like it's so important that you're doing the work that you're doing because it's like even as a nutritionist when I like noticed that I was tired the days I was working out it's like I still was being a little shit you know being a well, human, right? But I needed someone else to tell me that it was probably not ideal for me to be doing the workouts I was doing. And I was like, yeah. So as soon as like they like I was told that, I like I knew it the whole time, but I like needed that like, you know, mirror to be like, so like how do you think mm. that like, you know, working for you? And I was like, it's not. And then like even going to the chiropractor, it was like he was like kind he wasn't being like rude by any means. He wasn't like 
but he was like when he asked me that question like how my workout's been going in terms of like pain and like <laughs> and I realized like I was totally avoiding workouts it was like I told him that I was using an excuse of like pain but I was actually just being lazy like I was just straight up mm. being lazy you know what I mean like it was yeah. me. I was like mm, maybe not today or like I have work like using the work excuse so what like the oh. spectrum where I was like you know, is it like, am I honoring my body or am I just being like lazy? Oh, I was a hundred percent being lazy most of those days. So it's like, yeah, it was like, he just asked that question in a very like frank, but yet gentle way. And I was like, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. There's the mirror. I see now. I see now. Yeah. That's so powerful. Like being mirrors for each other. And oh, what was I going to say? Um, I, yeah, I have, from what I've witnessed and what I've experienced, uh, sometimes people who are like hesitant to dive into like slower forms of movement, and like I've experienced this myself. Like I used to say, oh, I don't like yoga. Being someone who enjoys intense workouts and enjoys the push and now knows how to push herself like in healthy and sustainable ways and like when it is available to me, but I still was living into this, like, I don't like yoga. I don't like da, 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 da. And then I realized, like, actually, it just makes me so fucking uncomfortable because it's very close to stillness and it's slow and it requires me to be painfully present with everything. And, like, stuff wants to come up. Emotions surface in yoga very powerfully for me. So now I experience it as an outlet and as, like, a way that I can dive into myself so deeply and that's so uncomfortable right like full presence and allowance of everything and anything to surface and to just be there and to exist in you and then to be released and embodied like that's a raw experience and I find that a lot of people who like go to the gym and identify with this like intense workout archetype where they're like there every single day that's a distraction like they're so we can use anything like anything can be used as a distraction right it's the same thing as like using your phone to like withdraw from your body and presence like working out can be uh like a harmful way to disconnect from yourself Mm -hmm. and and that's it's an even it's, it's one of the most dangerous forms of distraction i believe because they're fooling them we can so easily fool ourselves into thinking that we're doing something healthy Oh, that's and it's just right? taking it way too far to the point where, well, now it's a weapon you're using against yourself yes. to pull away from yourself and disconnect from yourself. And it's like, for me, yoga is a prime example of like really going to the complete opposite end of the spectrum and like becoming aware of what I was doing and how I was using movement as a distraction and slapping the word healthy on it. And oh. then I was like, actually, let's peel that off to see that I'm using it as a, as a weapon against myself and as a way to disconnect from myself. Okay, cool. Now I can see that yoga is actually what's waiting for me. And yoga like is the next step on my path to becoming a freer, truer, pure human being that is less attached to all of these various external things. Yeah. And like, do you, and like, I don't know what your experience was like starting yoga. Cause I know that you're someone that's pretty flexible, but like maybe it's been in like other things, but being a beginner at something like that's also hard. Right. And I'm sure, mm-hmm. you know, especially people that were like high performing, like athletes to some certain extent, like for me, I remember <laughs> when I first got into yoga, like still to this day, I'm like the least flexible person. Now I think it's freaking funny. I'm just like, realize there's like also a little bit of a genetic component I think in my family we also have like the same like shoulder issue which I probably take like a deeper meaning to that yeah you are very stiff you're very very stiff yeah (laughs) it's like to a fault but it's like Mm -hmm. funny because it's like well I'm not the best at it like I'm so used to being the best at like this sport or that sport or like the fastest Mm -hmm. and I'm doing yoga now and I'm like literally like looking all around me and everyone else is doing like that I can remember it so clearly that move where you like are on like your shins, like you're kind of like sitting on your heels, but then you like lay back. So oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What it's called, but like everyone's like laying back or at least like resting on their like forearms, and I'm fully just sitting up on my like shins because I literally can't go back <laughs> any further. Because I especially at that time I was running a lot, so like my ankles are oh. really tight. 
So I'm literally just like looking around, being like, wait, everyone's literally laying down. And I'm like literally, I don't know, probably 22, 23 at the time. And I'm like a stiff like old lady just casually sitting here. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I'm the one, like, I'm, I'm fit. I exercise. Like, I'm not good at yoga now. Like, this is embarrassing, blah, blah, blah. So like that, I feel like for me was like hard to get over. Now I don't care. Like I'm just, I've come to accept. Yeah. I will never be. But by, yeah, like by diving into that discomfort is the way that you then are free from it. Oh, yeah. That's what, I love guiding people through dance, like for the first time or like meeting them in that super uncomfortable space with like dance because I find it's like if you really want to experience that kind of feeling to the fullest put yourself in a dance studio and like be guide let me guide you through some improvisation because now you're free to move however you want like not only are you not being guided by an instructor in any way like maybe I give you a few prompts like initiate all movement from your elbow but beyond that you're free to move in whatever way feels good. Mm. That is terrifying for so many people because yeah. now you're in a space with no rules, no right, no wrong, no comparison, no identity, no container or structure. How do you exist in that? And that's a metaphor for like freaking life in general, right? Like how do you exist in a space where it's just flow and surrender and trust? and intuition and connection to yourself Mm. and that's why I love it so much because it's like it cuts through and right to like the root of everything it's like let's yeah improvisation is such a cool practice of embodying complete surrender and presence and flow and then when you can bring that practice to just like everything in life all of a sudden like life is one big improvised dance Ooh, I, I would be curious yeah. to try that myself mind you it probably look like I was doing the robot because I'm so stiff like as I'm like improv- and like that's beautiful but that would be like also low-key hilarious we should almost just like videotape right. me doing like improvised dance as someone who like can hardly touch their toes and is not exactly like very flowy you know like yeah. someone like you think that was like the complete opposite of a dancer doing dance let's we should do that we should just record it then we can like be like oh, you're scared to try this watch Nicole dance <laughs> she did it. I love that and it's true because movement like that what a powerful way to like experience just how limitless movement is yeah like yeah if I look like a robot that's fucking sick because that's where my body's at and what a cool like embodiment of me in my purity without structure without a set workout without weight and like other things that I can use as distractions like to just be in a space and then also be witnessed by other people in your like genuine authentic movement in presence with your body and it's such an invitation to work through so much right because at first you're gonna fight it and then we start laughing (laughs) because I look like a robot and then we get like past that layer of like discomfort and feeling embarrassed like hey, why do I feel embarrassed and then follow that trail all the way down to like your attachment to something and your fear of being truly seen or your fear of judgment and then all of a sudden you can tie that back to like the first time you were ever judged maybe it was by a parent it's like okay inner child healing here we go like let's dive in like it's such a portal to all of these roots of like so much yeah and even like in terms of what I would think of as like more traditional like movement like a workout whatever that means to you it's like I think that could also probably happen like I think about it the transition that I went through in terms of trying to work through injuries because Mm -hmm. that you know I'm like oh you know I'm not gonna do it as hard but I'm still gonna do it and I'm still gonna use these like parts of my body because that makes me productive and that makes me strong mm-hmm. and all the, like making up all these things and like a hundred percent just like I can like now pinpoint it back to like my childhood like I remember being told that my I remember my mom telling me that 
a family friend of ours told her when I was literally like two or three years old that I was going to be a really great athlete because she could already tell like <laughs> it's actually kind of funny like I legit had like muscular legs like I looked like I was like ready to like run a marathon as like a little child that was like nothing that was just like a natural gift that mm. I think I was given I wasn't like somehow like training harder than anyone else or that was just my body type and but it's funny because wow. at like a young age that like I was going to be good at sports mm. how I already looked so I looked naturally strong without even trying so that like identity was like literally planted in me which is crazy wow like I wasn't even that and I can imagine like yeah I can imagine how that you must have received so much like just positive reinforcement from so many people that then you're just so in it and this is the path yeah and like I didn't excel like I was a okay student okay but I wasn't like someone that was told that I was like amazing at school or like things like that I was like mm. sports and I was hardworking. So that was like the identities that I like carry through. Label, label, label. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, you know, cause we've had these conversations multiple times, like, you know, being like a hard worker, like that's been hard for me in terms of like business, because it's like, you know, I need to like, you know, step back and take care of my body for so many different reasons. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, definitely like that whole like athlete label has like, yeah. And like my brother and I, we record that one podcast because he was also very naturally like athletic as a kid. And we were like laughing because we're like both like pretty good at hockey, right? And we're like, did we even really like hockey that much? Or were we just told that we were good at it? So <laughs> <laughs> like literally, like I hate being cold and I played hockey. Like I would literally travel 40 minutes to an arena because I lived far away from the, like the... I don't know what you even call it, the competitive team, to like do 7 a.m. freaking practice in a freezing cold arena. Like, I don't enjoy that. Like, who? Wow. Like, I do think there's some things that you can like learn from like sports and like, whether it's an individual sport or a team sport that I think are like yeah. so valuable to like life. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. <laughs> definitely just like, well, I'm, I'm good at hockey, so I guess I'm just gonna play hockey. Yes. Okay. This, yeah, this reminds me of, um, something that I work on with my clients a lot, especially in my like group coaching program is, uh, rewriting our relationship to challenge. I yeah. find that's a big one. And this reminded what you're saying reminds me of that because yeah. if we were told, this is a prime example. Like if you were told as a kid that it's okay to enjoy things that you're, that also challenge you, like it's okay. It's okay to like things that you also suck at. Like that's actually okay. Versus being like audit you're good at this okay well that's automatically your path and that's your identity and don't don't look at anything else because you're really good at this one thing this is who you are mm -hmm. and I said that happens to so many people and like I could even look back and wonder like I have been dancing my entire life therefore it comes naturally to me now mm -hmm. and I wonder like like the, the more I have like done this work on myself the more I realize all of the sports and all the physical activities that I avoided because I already knew that I would suck at them. Yeah. And I had that attachment to challenge that triggered like fear of judgment, fear of being excluded and all of these fears that then I like traced back down again to like more moments from my childhood where like it was like a, a track practice gone wrong and I never looked back. And I, so I crossed that out of my like list of opportunities because, oh, I'm bad at it. I can't do it. I can't enjoy it. But it's so possible to enjoy things that you suck at and like that challenge you it's just about yeah. allowing yourself to be in that space and it's like okay well what is your relationship with challenge does it trigger a lot of fear and trauma let's explore why let's go heal that so that you can resurface and allow yourself to be in that space where you're challenged and learning and growing and enjoying it yes does that make sense oh yeah like i'm even trying to think back to like I was like pretty good at track and field and we're like, so I grew up in a small town where there, like, there wasn't a lot of access to like competitive sports, especially if you're a female, like the hockey teams were right. really good for guys, but for like girls, it wasn't. And like any other sports, you pretty much had to like travel if you wanted to be quote unquote, like competitive. Mm. And I remember I was, my mom started driving me to Western. I had like an hour on school nights to do indoor track and field for like, like the London clubs. And they were not nice to me. 
Like I was the outsider and I was like forcing myself to like do this intense training. And I literally think I was just like going through the motions because again, I was told that I was good at running. So in order to be like hardworking and do this, I was like challenging myself in a way that was not productive. Like it was not fun anymore. Right. It's like, yeah, I enjoyed getting challenged. Right. Because the narrative. But not to that extent. Like that was like, I was like, what am I? like ew I don't want to like run with these mean girls and like work out for like two right. hours on a school night in London in the winter yeah like, no. it wasn't fun yeah <laughs> wow yeah because that could that would have been like in that experience acceptance equals me going to these practices like me training this hard equals being accepted because I'm living into the identity that everyone around me has created for me. Yeah. And, and like, if I live into it, then I'm, I'm, I, they can relate to me in the way that they expected to be able to. And yeah. therefore they will accept me and shower me in praise and what feels like love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So that was also, and I think that's when I started like realizing, cause I was getting to that age where I was like, starting to think same with like the hockey I was like am I even like really like let's be real like I'm not going to the Olympics for either of these sports <laughs> like, come yeah. on I mean it's like is it worth am I enjoying driving to this city to play hockey to driving to this city to do track and field like trying to do homework because I'm like driving yeah. to different places and like with girls hockey you have to travel a lot further typically for games because there's not as many teams it's probably different now than even when I was like in high school or elementary school but I finally like I remember I said one year to like my parents I was like I don't want to like play competitive hockey anymore I want to play hockey but I want to play in Tulsenburg mm-hmm. and they're like okay like they're probably like low-key like thank god so we don't have to freaking drive you <laughs> like yeah. at the same time I think it was like hard because then I remember my dad is like very smart in terms of like he's played sports growing up too and it was hard for him to like not give me constructive criticism when I started playing in Tulsonburg because I wasn't I'm like it doesn't even really matter anymore if you're telling me these tips because like we're all just kind of out there having fun but like for him mm-hmm. he was like, like that competitive mindset when I'm like yeah let's be real we're all playing sea hockey at this point <laughs> like we're all just here for fun yeah. Some of these people probably aren't even at like technically this level, but there's only one team. So we're all just on the same team together. Yeah. And like, it was hard for him to not be like, okay, so you know when you made that one move and you're playing hot, like doing this, next time you should try to do this. And I'm like, who cares? Like, yeah. I, found that point, I was like, why am I doing this to myself? Same with like the track and field. I was like, why am I like, ew, I don't even like this anymore. I'm just going to do it in the summer when it's hot outside and I can just like hang out with my friends. <laughs> and like you know yeah. Tim Hortons after we're done our race and like binge out on Timbits and like have fun like that's that's what I wanted to do I didn't want to like work harder than I had to <laughs> yeah I relate to that a lot like with my dance journey I was never uh competitive and I yeah I always just did it recreationally and like instead we like took exams at our studio but even then I only took a few Uh, Yeah, we'd have, like, people from, like, the UK and sometimes China, like, come to our studio. and We'd set up, like, a table, a formal table for them and, like, be graded, essentially. So, and that was, that was, like, in ballet, I did that. Uh, And I I didn't even do that very often because I, I knew from, like, such a young age, like, I love this because I like telling stories with my body. I like performing on stage and I like making people feel things through my movement. And I like allowing myself to feel things through my movement and in my body. And I never wanted to be, the the competitive dance world is very different from the recreational dance world. Um, And I never wanted to put myself in that environment um, because it, I like, it didn't allow space for me to simply enjoy performing for the sake of performing and not because we need the, the medal. Like I always just wanted to be surrounded by people who, were there also because they loved it and no other reason and not because they felt the need to compete and to win. And I'm not saying that everyone who is in the competitive world is like that, but it very much can be and feel like a toxic 
world and especially when it comes to like body image and everything it's so so heightened when you're competing and just like the idea of competing against my fellow dancers for like I don't know like solos or for more stage time like I don't want that I want to foster connection between the people that I'm sharing the stage with as opposed to like the cliqueiness and like I get enough of like the cliqueiness in freaking like high school and middle school like I need a space where we come to connect and to move together and to explore movement in our bodies together and like expression this like safe haven of me and like of connection so I yeah like I always intentionally did not choose the competitive stream and I'm so grateful for that because my experience I think would have been totally different and if it had happened amazing it would have been part of my journey and I'm sure I would have learned a lot but I'm so glad that I knew from such an early age what I didn't want and what I did want from like my movement and but it can be hard right like I remember having to work through that of like when I would meet other dancers and they would just assume that I was a competitive dancer and then when it like came to the point in the conversation where I had to like confess to them that I wasn't a competitive dancer and even like the way they word it is like oh you're not competitive like you yes. are like as if it's that's a late right like instead of like oh you don't compete you're not competitive yeah like even just the way that's worded attached it to identity like so strongly and I remember being feeling so much shame around the fact that I wasn't competitive yes and I had to work through it of like that's okay like it's okay like it's it's, it's okay and like I was like I I was good. I don't mean that in a boastful way. Like I just Ooh, worked yeah. my freaking butt off because I like bled passion and yeah. that's what set me apart and like self-discipline and work ethic. And I also trained outside of the dance studio on my own, like in my basement with weights and stuff. And therefore like you see the results in the studio. And so I got asked a lot, like, why don't you go compete, go compete, go compete. It's like, that's not what this is for me. Like I work hard because I genuinely love it. And I train extra because I want to sharpen this instrument, which is my body, so that on stage I can tell stories better and differently. Mm. Like the same way a writer wants to read more books and hone his or her writing skills so that they can tell stories in richer ways. That's the way I viewed my dance. It's like, I want to train to sharpen this instrument so that I can like open the door to more and different movement so that I can tell stories differently and better. And also just because it's freaking fun. And I feel like my truest, biggest, brightest self when I'm doing this. Yeah. Not because I want the medal. It's actually so impressive that you already had that mentality at that age because yeah. most don't because yeah. we're told that it's better to be on like the competitive team of whatever sport or industry, right? Like I, I can think of it from like a hockey perspective. It's like very, there's like, I don't even remember anymore, which is so bad. Like it's actually hilarious. I just like clearly didn't care that much, but there's like, I don't remember what it's called, but there's like the one level and then there's like a middle level and then there's house league. I want to say like, okay. one, like one's like the travel team. I don't know. Like I should like, this is literally like pretty basic like knowledge. I feel like in the hockey world, um my brothers are gonna be like how do you not remember that but it was like, <laughs> how I think like boys especially were like identified and it was mm. my one brother was always on like the very competitive team and like went on to like other levels of hockey whereas my other brother he quit in like grade nine and he was never like on like he was a good he was an okay hockey player but he wasn't like I just don't think he cared and I think it was weird for my parents at first to have this like kid who's like I don't want to play hockey like that was just like what he he's like the kid that liked to skateboard and do like and motorbike and like learn about physics and like <laughs> he's just like he's a very cool eccentric guy so that was like very interesting that like as like I think I mean girls we had this too in hockey but for guys especially it was just like like, I even, like, know, like, family members, it's like, oh, my gosh, like, my sons are applying, or, like, trying out for this team, and, like, I'm so worried they're not gonna make it, and, like, being, Pressure. I'm, like, on this side, of oh. life, I'm, like, holy shit, growing up, I remember that mentality of, like, 
oh my gosh, like, I hope my brothers can make the team that they want. I hope I can make the team that I want. Like, I'd have to try out to be on the team. And like, now that's crazy. And I like, look back and I'm like, now I'm hearing it. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, like, I don't know what I'm going to tell them if they don't make this team. I'm like, oh my gosh, well, probably doesn't help that you're like making it this thing. That like, this is the end. that's like, yeah then fast forward to adulthood where all of these kids were told like we're forced into this competitive 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 world where it feels like there's very little space for enjoyment and that's where that's like at at that young age you're learning that you move your body to live into this label to get the award to prove yourself to get the applause instead of you get to move your body in whatever way feels good for the sake of enjoyment and as a source of fun and exploration and as a way to connect with your friends and as a way to honor your body yes. and like that messaging of course now we're seeing it like soaks in and yeah. becomes the pattern into adulthood and then now you're like why can't I force myself to go to the gym and like what is my identity around movement and who am I without movement and who am I without my sport and like it's this like messy messy space when really it's so simple yeah it's like how do i want to move cool yes like Like, what a terrifying yeah because then we're like well what if like what are the people what are people going to say about me if i miss a day at the gym if they don't see me there lifting heavy and then if i go back to the gym tomorrow and they ask me about it and i told them i i didn't work out yesterday (gasps) like it's such a warp and it's I mean it's very real and very heavy and like I like we know like I that was my reality for years and that's why I do what I do now is because like movement is this massive infinite portal to yourself to connection to healing to everything to so much fun but all of that is accessed on the other side of identifying with it and with anything and with any specific form of movement I think too like and you you probably know more about this than me it's so connected to our childhood whether it's like things that you were told outside of sports or movement like that's a whole other thing too that can obviously manifest but I think because we're all like pretty much groomed to be like you should try this sport you should try that sport or like in school you're forced to do like gym class and like these different things yeah like I think a lot of us identify to movement because of that in some way, whether it was because you're super competitive and you're good at sports, so you have this identity, or because you never made the team or got picked for, you know, the basketball team, or like when you're playing recess and you had to like pick your teams and you're always last. Like it's whether you're maybe not the greatest at sports or you're really good or in the middle. Like I feel like we all have this some sort of connection with like sports or movement from our childhood which is just like then as you know all that stuff gets brought into adulthood and it comes out Mm -hmm. in weird freaking ways like you know injuring yourself because you think that you have to work out really hard or like you know with me like my cortisol like forcing myself to work out when I'm like dead tired and my hormones are like completely out of whack because I'm supposed to be good at sports and I'm supposed to be productive and like moving fast like just as an example right but I think we all have that connection back to our childhood in some way whether it was like positive reinforcement from sports or like negative yeah yeah yes and then now it's funny because regardless of of which end of the spectrum you were on in terms of like the reinforcement that you were getting at a young age it leads you to the same place oh yeah this this restrictive box of movement and yeah like it's either at at a young age you're you're being told either yes movement is for you you're welcome in this space or you're told get the heck out you suck movement is not something that is accessible to you yes and then what's that like all of a sudden we have like this divided society of people of like on the one hand we have people who feel like they're actually stuck in the gym and they're terrified of what will happen if they just allow themselves to flow with their movement and to every day allow movement to look and feel different and to enjoy the challenge and to enjoy the ease that comes with movement and all of that the spectrum 
And then on the other end, we have people who are terrified of the gym because they have been told their whole lives that they are not welcome there. Yeah. Because it's not for them. Because in gym class, they were picked last or they were clearly the worst ones or they got made fun of or their bodies didn't look the way they were told an athlete's bodies should look or all of these things. So now we have like half of the people who are terrified of the gym and then half of the people who literally feel stuck in the gym. Yes. And it's like, let's all break out of this. And I'll meet you much deeper into yourself in this massive universe where everything is just in flow. Yes. And it just feels easy and fun and abundant. When people say the word abundant, like that's what that is. It's just like freedom, complete freedom. And like, and I'm always using like organized sports as like an example, just because that's what resonates with me. But like, that's Mm -hmm. like, there's huge privilege around that, whether or not you did it competitively or like just for fun. Like maybe you were the person that was on the house team in hockey, like, but that's still like a privilege for a lot of people to be able to play those Mm -hmm. sports in an organized fashion. So I know people that like didn't have those opportunities as kids either. So now they just like think that they're like clumsy and not good at sports. My, they, just, they also just didn't have the opportunities that like myself and a lot of other kids did right so like that's also like I think it's good to recognize the privilege in terms of like those things mm-hmm. that, like I'm sure you probably have clients that they just didn't have that growing up they couldn't like maybe their family couldn't afford to put them in hockey or dance or whatever sport it is so they just maybe didn't think that they were good enough for it or like it wasn't for them or whatever, maybe label that they might have attached to that too. Yeah. Oh, I love that you brought that up. And yeah, it is so freaking important to acknowledge that even like the challenges and the lessons, the hard, murky waters and the lessons that I learned through my dance journey, that is such a privilege to get to explore myself in that space for better and for worse. And to have it be part of my story is such a massive privilege and yeah it totally does um add to that narrative of like feeling welcome or unwelcome in these spaces and then feeling like because you never was given that foundation at a young age of getting to be a part of these organized sports or take classes now you're like well I've never been taught how to move and so now I'm freaking terrified because this is brand new and I don't know how to do new things and it's terrible, and I feel vulnerable, and I don't know who to go to, and well, it's a whole, it's, yeah, and then to also, I feel like another message that is preached constantly and, like, subtly is that we require external structure in order to access movement, and I feel really lucky as a dancer to have learned at such an early age that all you need is your body, yeah. like, I don't even need a lot of space. Like I have been given the opportunity to move and dance and perform in very, very strange spaces. I once got to perform like in the, like the window display of a Lululemon. Yeah. And they had, they had like a, a back to the window display. So it wasn't even like it was just a shelf with like, that was open to the store. Right. It was like, they, they closed us in there <laughs> and like we were dancing in this space and it's like the narrow, it's like, it's always like it's made for a mannequin like it's this tiny space like you don't need literally literally all you need is your body and breath you don't need music you don't need weight you don't need like even just drawing your attention to breath that's Mm -hmm. movement and like feeling the rise and fall of your chest you're moving but we're not taught that right we're not taught to see it that way we're taught well movement is me sweating for at least an hour every day at a gym Yes. with something heavy in my hands or on my back or on my shoulders mm. and it's like whoa we are excluding so much yes and so many people yes. when we paint movement like this we are we are creating for ourselves a movement that is very inaccessible and feels very restrictive mm. now for people who are like just you know Actually, no, this is probably for everyone, whether or not you're new to movement or been in it for like a long time. What is like a f- one way, a few ways that you find like are good to kind of tap into that like intuitive movement? Because I know it's not something that's like easy. Like you think people are, like with healthy eating, it's like, I'm like, listen to your body. Like, what does it want? That is freaking hard. Like that is 
so hard. That's a skill. So like, what are some tips that you have for people who are kind of like at that point where they are like trying to like listen to their body and like how it wants to move? Something that just popped into my head is um, a practice of like every morning, literally like have a conversation with your body, like nothing else sit in stillness for a second and literally ask yourself like if if movement uh if the the way I move my body today didn't affect my worth and if it was guaranteed to not affect the way I looked how would I want to move and I feel like it'll take a while to get to a point where you can be completely honest with yourself because I think at first will we'll, like that some of the answers will be like yeah my body genuinely wants to go squat like and maybe that's true and maybe that's not and I think it's it's a matter of like again sitting in stillness and letting that answer just exist in your body for a second okay squatting let's sit with that sit with that check in with the body check in with the breath what am I feeling physically because your body will tell you right and if you're listening you'll be guided and it's like oof actually I don't think that's a true honest answer okay what about a nice walk oh yeah that feels really good and then another thing that I want to mention is like it's also okay if like so say you go through this practice in the morning you land on a gentle walk feels really supportive for me today and I don't feel like I have the strength yet to actually choose the walk Mm -hmm. I feel like I I I need to go to the gym that's okay because if you've been living in that pattern of, of thought for so long and your identity is so strongly attached to going to the gym every day, like it's okay. And that's a massive step to even bring awareness to your pattern and to go, okay, body, I hear you. I know that a gentle walk is what you're asking me for today. And thank you for having patience with me in this process and understanding that I'm still going to take you to the gym and we're still going to squat today because I'm not there in my journey yet to detach from my routine, mm-hmm. but we'll get there. Does that make sense? Oh, a hundred percent. Like on just being okay with like where you're at. Yeah. yeah. yeah like I don't, I, 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 yeah. Like just acknowledging. Okay. Cause I'm not practice every day of like, at least you're practicing listening to your body. And having a conversation with your body and starting to normalize that idea of like fostering a relationship with your body and honoring it and going, okay, I hear you. I hear that this is what you're asking me for. And someday I will have it in me because we all have it in ourselves. Someday I will access the part of me that genuinely feels able to make that decision and to choose the walk. But right now I'm not there within myself and I'll get there. Yes. Because I deserve that. I deserve that kind of, that level of freedom where I genuinely feel joy and fulfillment and excitement. And I feel hyped up to honor my body, regardless of what that looks like, because I truly, truly know on a cellular level that the movement that I choose doesn't mean anything about me. Yes. And it takes so much time to get there and to even experience that. Oh, yeah. That's like, that's why I always tell people you're like intuitive eating. Like it's, it's okay. Like if you don't, like, like you were just saying, like if you don't actually go on that walk or like do what you think your body needs, like it's a process, it's a skill, like coming from, and I'm sure this has taken you years maybe to get to this point, just like how it took me years to know what my body actually needed for like nourishment, for like my digestive, digestive health. And like, even me listening to my body to like go for that walk. I was just sharing how I pushed through so many workouts when it was actually unhealthy for me. Like that didn't happen overnight. Like that was like a long process and that is also totally okay. Yes. For me, it was like establishing trust with my body Mm -hmm. and not even, I felt like most of it was um, showing my body that it could trust me. Yeah. Because for so many years, I beat it up. It was so hard on it. And it was like, I went through this phase where I was like, oh my gosh, body, I'm so sorry. And then entered this massive like space of gratitude for my body for the fact that it stuck with me 
yes. through all the years of me like depriving it of food and pushing it too hard at the gym and ignoring its cues and getting so detached from it that I couldn't even hear it anymore. Mm. And then coming back to it and like actually finding my body and seeing my body for everything that it is now and being like, holy fuck, like you are what's been keeping me safe my entire life. Like, oh my God, I'm home. I'm sorry, body, that I didn't see you for what you are until now. And thank you for having patience with me. And then I still have days where I wake up and I'm like, okay, I know that a gentle stretch or nothing is what my body needs right now. And feeling tired mentally, and I don't have the strength to fight through the thought patterns. And I'm just going to go to the gym. Like sometimes that feels like the loving path of like, you know what? It's okay. I can have grace with myself and understand that that patterning and thought process is still in there. Like it takes years to undo and relearn. And so if I have like one day every now and then where it's like, I know that the gym is not what my body needs and I might crash this afternoon because I'm about to go push myself. And that's okay because I recognize I don't have like the emotional strength to work through that today. And I just need to live into this like thought process and I need to just do it and get it done. And honestly, that will bring me more peace today than trying to work through it. Yes, I love that. That is spot on. And I feel like, I know I can resonate with that, but I feel like so many people will be able to resonate with this, whether you were the person again that like, did all the sports growing up, did none of the sports, you're told you weren't good at the sports, whatever it was. And like movement's just like, it's part of everyone's life. Like we all move pretty much in some way. So, you know, coming to turn, like, and not even like with exercise, like literally just like, whether you're like walking or moving your arms or like breathing, like you said, like we all move. So like Mm -hmm. coming, like, listening to your body and like what it needs is so powerful. And like you said, like so many things get brought up. It's like, oh yeah, I'm dancing. Oh, oh yeah. Now I'm thinking about this thing that happened when I was a child. Oh, okay. We're going to address that today. Wonderful. Like it's not, just, <laughs> yeah, it's not just about being healthy. It's like, mm-hmm. it's about honoring your body in like all those different ways, like your mental health, your spiritual health, yeah. emotional, physical, all of it. Yeah. yeah. So what is going on with your business? What are things that people can look forward to? Where can they find you? I know this is going to be coming out in the new year. So like maybe some things will happen, but it's okay. But like, okay. What are some things going on that you're excited about that people should know about? This is a confusing question because right now when we're recording, (laughs) like in the middle of massive shifts, so, okay, if this, this is coming out in the new year, um, <laughs> what I'm most, yeah, it's like, okay, um, it's so funny because I'm just like so in the headspace of like, it's all a secret right now, <laughs> um, but it'll, yeah, like, pardon? okay, it'll, okay, February, March probably, so like, you're good, I, I'm assuming. Okay. Okay, but definitely the new year. Okay, so what I'm most excited about is my one-on-one coaching services are changing um, in the sense that I am calling forth all of the humans who are like so fucking committed to, am I allowed, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on the podcast, by the way, because I have been, okay. I'm like, I really love, um, yeah, the people who are, so ready to commit to themselves for change that they feel so called to within themselves and the healing that they know they're ready to do and to commit to that. So my coaching is now going to be like six months, a six month commitment at least because that's the people I want to work with. I want to like guide them deep and it's more than just movement now because like we just said on this entire podcast, Movement is the door that opens up the portal into the rest of you. Yes. So it is this like massive soul coaching Yes. that requires commitment because like, and again, like kind of what we touched on in this podcast is like, it's messy and it's gritty and 
when people realize that there comes a point where you need to choose to keep going mm-hmm. when it doesn't always look pretty and it's like okay I want to be there in that space with you and I will be there in that space with you and we're going to dig in even deeper when that stuff comes up so I'm so excited about that because I think that's also something that I haven't seen a lot in the coaching yeah. world and in like the life coaching world and in the soul coaching world is this like I I only want people who are ready to commit like I'm not going to just pop into your life for two months yeah. it's like let's dive in so that hopefully you don't need to keep spending money on the same level of coaching and hopefully when you're done with me you have attracted more things that you and have worked for more things that feel so aligned with the person you are and you feel like you are embodying your truth and now you're going to be working with you know just keep leveling up so you don't keep um spinning the wheel at the same level and we can just go deeper and deeper and expand and all just become the truest versions of ourselves. <laughs> no I know no one can see us, but we're like grooving. <laughs> yeah. All this video clips so people can like really just see our true colors. Yeah. On the other side of the mic. I would love that. Yeah. It's all it's all in the movement, in the body. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. I will make sure that I link to like all of your socials and your website and stuff so people can find you. Thank you. But like, thank you Lovely. so much for this like first start as a tangent and us catching up to a full conversation about movement. I love this. Maybe I'll make like a two part series or something fun like that. Yeah. yeah, we talk so much once you yeah. get us going. Yeah. Plus like we haven't seen each other in a million years, like six months, seven several months. years. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> well, thank you oh, so thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode and don't forget to join the conversation over on socials at Simply Nick Nutrition and online at simplynicknutrition.com.